Hi, this is Dion Baig from Butler Mortgage. We're currently ranked the number one mortgage brokerage in Ontario and number two in Canada. And much of our success is due to the fact that we help clients acquire multiple investment properties. If you'd like to talk with a mortgage advisor who specializes in investment property, you can reach me at 888-684-8326. To learn more about what's going on in the world of investment property financing, check out episode 23 of the Breakthrough Podcast, where I discuss the topic with Robin Sandy. Are you someone who has no idea that they can be heard? Has brilliant ideas and wants to get them out there? Has a podcast but can't keep up with the work or just wants to focus on things that matter? Then Podcast Engineers is your gateway to get your voice heard. They don't just edit your podcast. They enhance your listeners' experience. You simply do what you do best. That is to record and they do the rest. You can find them at podcastengineers.com. Rob and I have been using Podcast Engineers to help make our show sound great. Send them an email to get an episode edited free and a discounted plan. Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast, Episode 79. And welcome to the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. We put this show together to inspire you and help you break through to the life that you want to live through the power of real estate investing. My name is Rob Brake. Here with me, looking awesome with his full head of hair, is Sandy McKay. Hey, Rob. Full, full I'm like uh, you and our guest today, so I'm the only one. Feels that's good. Right. Actually, this is one of our. He, been a couple like this recently. Yeah, that's right. Well, <laughs> he mentioned it, and every time that he was talking about planting seeds, he would do a gesture over his head, <laughs> yeah. like he was pouring yeah. a water can on his head. And I just couldn't. I just <laughs> that thought just kept on going to me. I'm like, man, it doesn't matter really. I don't think it would matter how many <laughs> seeds I planted on my head. There's no. No full head yeah. hair happening here. Need some special water for that to make that grow. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever hear of where to find some, let me know. <laughs> As usual, people should go over to our website, breakthroughreipodcast.ca. There you will find all of the episodes that we've put out, all of the show notes for all the guests, which is um, one of those things that I think is very important, especially in this one. We talk about all of the interesting things that our guest, Mike Gillespie, has going on. And there's some links in there that I think people are really going to be interested in. So mm-hmm. don't forget, that's where to go to the show notes, breakthroughreipodcast.ca, as well as you can find links to all of our social media stuff in there. Yada, yada. Absolutely. And uh, and grab our free uh, report there on the side to the ultimate strategy for building wealth through real estate. You can pick that up and get on our email list, get some other extras uh, from us. Uh, jump on that email list too. You can find it on the side right toolbar there on our website. And of course, iTunes. They got to go to iTunes and uh, give us a great review. Five stars would be uh, appreciated. And uh, I'd love to hear some feedback. If you have some people you want to have on the show, some guests you'd like to recommend or some topics, then would love to hear from any of you out there who want to hear something specific. We will do our best to bring it out on the show and talk about it. So here's something. We just got a review yesterday. 
Nice. So I'll just read that one. It's uh, the only one that we've gotten since the last show. So here we go. This one is by Investor Brent. And Investor Brent says, great show, five stars. I've been listening to your show since it was suggested to me back in July. So far, I've listened to most of the episodes. You have tons of great guests and everyone has such a positive mindset. I currently own four student rentals and I am hoping to continue to invest. Your show offers so many different options and ideas I would never have thought to consider. Is there any chance you could have someone who deals with student rentals to discuss buy, renovate, refi, and rent? I know you had a show back in 2015 about student rentals, but maybe an updated one. It seems to be a bit trickier with this type of rental market, and some lenders will only run monthly rental rates at a single-family home rate, but not the student rental rate. So that's what they're talking about for financing. I'm sure I'm missing something as I'm by no means an expert. Anyways, just a thought for another guest. Keep doing a great job. So thanks, Brent, for that review. And I would encourage everybody listening to go and write a review. It doesn't take too long. You just got to click over and write what you're thinking. You know, tell us what you feel. If there's something you think we can improve, definitely let us know. And if there's something that you like and want to hear more of, then let us know. I know recently I implemented, again, a little investor quick tip. So hopefully we'll keep those going. And uh, if there's anything else you guys, you know, have as suggestions for the show, then definitely let us know. We got a great interview here coming up. So I don't know if we need to blabber on too much here in the beginning. Uh, Anything else before we get into that, Rob? No, not really. You know, this guest is someone I'm very excited to talk to. And this interview was a good solid hour of information. So I don't think we need to go on anymore, like you said, but let's just get to the interview with Mike Gillespie. And Mike is a, well, you'll hear the intro later, but Mike is basically a peak performance coach. And he talks about all of the things that we need to consider aside from just the straight up how to's of investing in real estate, like buy a property, renovate it, fix it. You know, it's not, it's not about that stuff. It's more about how to get your life set up so that you can handle all of the obstacles and the challenges and aspects of what comes into play when you're talking about real estate investing. Mm -hmm. So here it is, our interview with Mike Gillespie. So today, we're very excited to have Mike Gillespie with us. He's going to share with us all of his secrets on using real estate investing to create a life and live the lifestyle that you deserve. So thanks for being here, Mike. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Great. How's your day going so far? Pretty good. Yeah, so far, so good. Had a good morning so far. A little rainy out there. Uh, Took my dog for a walk. Normal morning routine stuff. But it's not the weather that dictates our emotions, is it? No, exactly. You got it. (laughs) Find yourself that every once in a while when you look outside and go, ah. Totally. Walk the kids to school in this. (laughs) That's what umbrellas are for, right? Anyone who doesn't know Mike, Mike's a a badass dad, a peak performance coach, an entrepreneur, an investor, a butt kicker, boundary pusher, school builder, speaker, explorer, extreme sports enthusiast, visionary, positive thinking dude who's dedicated to helping you become the happiest and healthiest person you know. And uh, born and raised in Hamilton, Ontario, Mike's always been very positive and optimistic. And Mike runs the Epic Living Academy. And uh, yeah, we're really happy to have him on the show with us here today. And uh, welcome again, Mike. Um, cool. Anything to add to that, that list? 
Uh, no, that's uh, that's pretty expansive, which is great. Thanks for the intro. Yeah, as you said, you know, I'm a dad. I got uh, two daughters, uh, nine and twelve, and throughout the interview, you know, I'll talk a little bit more about them and how they're kind of they're a big part of my why and why I continue in real estate and doing a lot of the things that I do. So, yeah, have an IT background, uh, work for the government. I'll talk a little bit more about that later on uh, in the interview and how I I transitioned out of that and real estate played a big part and continues to do a big part in the lifestyle that I'm living right now. So as far as that lifestyle that you're living goes right now, tell us a little bit about yourself and what's going on with you, I guess, in your life right now. Yeah. So with real estate, so over the last couple of years, I've taken uh, a break from real estate. Uh, many, many years ago, I was in uh, accumulation mode. It was more just, to be honest with you, I was just living other people's versions of success. So when I first got into real estate, you know, all, everyone around me setting goals to buy 25 houses, buy apartment buildings, all that stuff. So I still remember my goal with real estate was to have 50 properties. So um, I got to a point where we had as many as 13 and it was just consuming for me. I was just doing too much. I was just trying to be a dad, a good husband. At the time, I still worked for full time in my government job. I was building a real estate portfolio and I was building uh, side businesses all at the same time. So uh, busy, busy. So to answer your question, complete 180 shift where I'm at right now. Just I'm a lot more calm, a lot less stress. I've outsourced a lot of my real estate responsibilities. I just kept uh, rental collection because that's my favorite part. And yeah, I'm just a lot more chilled, uh, present, living in the now, enjoying more time with my kids. So you talked about those goals that what you had at the beginning was to accumulate 50 properties. And a lot of people do. Um, yeah. They jump in and then they've got to have some goals, right? Where do you get yeah. But before that, what brought you into the real estate investing world? So that started a while ago. So I've been investing uh, for been about 14 years. So what started it for me is when I started my co-op work term at the government. And there was a couple guys investing in real estate. And they suggested that I read uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which was uh, a total game changer for me. So uh, anybody that hasn't read that book, I highly recommend it. So just really opened my eyes to entrepreneurship, the way I look at debt, money, and investments. So those couple of guys at work, they were investing in student rentals. So they were my mentors. So I just asked them a bunch of questions, took some action, bought a bunch of properties, and things were going great. So I just bought more. So that's kind of how uh, I jumped into real estate. You know, if, if people can take any cue away from this and they haven't read that book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I'll bet you 50% of the time I ask that question, that'll be the answer. Yeah. yeah. I hear it a lot too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great book too. It's an easy read. So listen, anybody that hasn't read that book out there, this is your, I guess, call to action. If we're going to have one on this episode, that's what it is. Go out and get Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And, and sit down and read it. It doesn't take long. Get the audio version if you want. And your life will change. Your, the way that you think about things is going to change instantly. Totally. So yeah, that planted the seeds for me. And the biggest thing is just like anything, that, any new knowledge that you take in, just, just do something with what you've learned. That's the biggest thing. 
because a lot of us, we have shelf help. It just sits on the shelf and we just keep consuming and, and we use the excuse that we don't know enough to prevent us from taking action. Whereas we know more than we think we know. And you learn a lot more when you're actually in the game. So same thing with real estate. I, I didn't know everything when, and I'm sure you guys uh, didn't, and I still don't, and I never will. But the fact that I took action and I learned along the way, that's what's helped me get to where I'm at to today. Absolutely. A rich dad poured out for me too. That was, that was it. That was the one. So yeah. game changer. Yeah. That was yeah. not directly to real estate, just to life in general, right? And all the different mindset on how you look at, like you said, dad and a bunch of different things. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. That's the, that's a big book we hear a lot. Real estate specific. How did you buy and manage all those properties then? You, you said 13. Well, you're working full time. You're being a dad, being a husband, lots of different things on your plate. How did you manage all that? Yeah, it was very tough. So I'm a big believer in balance and I didn't have balance back then. It was just uh, late nights, early mornings, um, up till two in the morning, doing this, doing that. Not every morning, but a lot and then up early. And eventually like you can do it, but for a period of time. So when I talk to my coaching clients about balance, there's different cycles that you go through. And if you ignore any area of your life for uh, an extended period of time, it's going to affect you. So I call it redlining. So similar to in your car, like if you're ignoring the signals and the red light, your engine light that comes on for a while, mine's on right now, but you know, there's, there's so long that you can go with it, right? It affects you. So just think of like your health, you know, if, if you're sick all the time and you're tired and you're stressed, it's going to lead to more sickness, more disease, uh, more tired, more grumpiness, more stress. So the way I managed it back then was just lack of sleep. <laughs> and that was a big uh, shift for me when I got to so many properties that I want to be around for my kids and my oldest daughter is 12 now. I've got two and my other's nine. And a big realization for me was uh, I was missing out on experiences with my kids early on. And I'm glad that I came to the realization when I did, because it's what totally shifted my mindset around what I want to live for. You know, do I want to have 50 properties, have a lot of money and not have cool relationships with my family and friends? Or am I comfortable with 13 houses? And why not start to enjoy some of the efforts that I've put in over the years? So back then, redlining in multiple areas of my life, but I had a lot of money. Then the light bulb went on and I started to make a shift and make more of a transition out of the busyness and the stressful lifestyle while maintaining still some of the good and the fun in our lives. Like that's, you come back to your why, like what the heck did you start all this for? You know, did you do it to be busy and working on properties and building all the time? And don't get me wrong. Like there are times like you have to be busy, like when you buy a new property or rental season or whatever it is, but just remember, like, why did you get into this? What did you do it for? So that was kind of the big shift for me. And I'll tell you what, like there's plenty of ways to consume your time with no matter what you're doing. Yeah. Exactly. Like you can, if you're trying to learn how to be a real estate investor, you can spend all day doing that. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't take that much effort to be able to spend all your time 
doing whatever it is that you're, that you're doing. So it's learning how to use your time more effectively, I guess, to do those things that you want to do. And in yeah. your, if you are burning the candle at both ends and you realize, okay, this is not made, like, yeah. maintain, I have to scale back. Then you need to figure out which ones, which things are going to go. Yeah. And a big thing for me that was helpful is just mindfulness and presence and living in the now and kind of catching yourself when you're about to do things or how you're feeling in certain situations or listening to your body, which a lot of people rarely do. You know, it's not normal to be sick every three weeks or every month. And that's your body saying something's wrong. Wake up. And if you keep ignoring it, that sickness becomes greater and greater and happens at more frequency. So it's a big one. Just kind of listen to the signs. But when you're too busy, you don't get a chance to hear all that stuff because there's just so much noise going on and you just don't really tune into what's wrong. So you got to start to evaluate the things that you have in your life. So one powerful exercise I did back in the day is it's called the creating space exercise. And literally it's, it's listing off all the things that you have going on in, in your physical world things that require you to be in certain places, like some of the big things, you know, like a job, being a parent, tending to real estate properties, that type of thing, or business, then the mental stuff that's going on in your head. So a lot of times we discount all of the mental stuff and we just focus on the physical stuff. But more often than not, this brain is racing all the time. And the more shit that you have on the go, the more distracted you are from things, the less present you are and the less focus that you have. And it's just more of an energy drain on you. So a big thing for me, transitioning from a busy body to more living in the now and being present and more calm is identifying all of those things that I have on the go, identifying the things that I have floating around in my head on any day, and then doing something about it. So you take that list, you postpone, you eliminate, or you delegate. And that's what I started to do. I just started to trim back on some things, which created some space where I can start to have greater focus and just enjoy more of life's moments, which was lacking during the time when I was in like busy, busy, busy uh, buy mode and build mode. How did you know, like, how does someone figure out if they're kind of in that mode or not? Is there a way to, there are things in life that start to, you just think, see things crashing around you or like, how do you actually yeah. get up to that? So there's signs, as I mentioned before, they could be uh, mental they could be physical. The first maybe bunch of years, you don't even notice it. And then eventually, like maybe your body just breaks down so much that maybe you have like a greater sickness. It's just basically your body just giving you a shake. So at the beginning, it's just kind of little gentle shakes. You know, you might, you might get some colds, you might get tired uh, a lot more. And then the shakes become that much more where it's like, hey, you got to do something here. Something's not right or even your relationships, right? You'll know when things aren't going too well with your partner or you as a father or you as a, a son or a sibling to somebody else. Like people might start to distance themselves from you. And then eventually, hopefully the light bulb goes on. It's like, what's going on here? And it's at that point, then you start to question things and see what's going on. And then you take some action to do something a little different. Mm -hmm. It's so true that a lot of people don't take the time to stop and think about why maybe they're feeling physically sick because yeah. there's a big connection there to it. I'm going to tell a quick story here. 
cool. a bunch of years ago, I was in charge of making sure that a bunch of our big contracting companies like uh, construction contractors, yeah, all of their equipment on site when they needed it and coordinating it basically all through Southern Ontario. So doing that, and I really, really enjoyed it. I didn't know that it was stressful. I had no idea. Yeah. Enjoyed the uh, pressure of having to try and get things there on time, making sure that everything worked out and all this kind of stuff, right? So I started to get this really weird pain right in my shoulder over like on my right side shoulder. Yeah. And, uh, and I had no idea what it was. It just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And over a few months, finally, I said to uh, my manager, I'm like, I got to go and find out what's going on because I can't take it anymore. So I went to the doctor and the last thing I ever thought he was going to tell me was it was stressed, but he goes, yeah, and I, I didn't even know that was an option. Yeah. Yeah. It's stress. I really yeah. didn't know it would manifest. Physically. Yeah. It's one of those things that a lot of people don't take into account. So, you know, people ask my advice a lot when it comes to like health and wellness and, you know, part of it's food, a big part of it is food. A part of it is movement every day. A huge part is stress. And this is stress that we've created. So the one thing is just to kind of first to identify, you know, what's causing the stresses, uh, just put simply, and then start to work towards helping to minimize those stresses because that stress affects multiple areas of your life, starting with your health, relationships, your work, everything. And, you know, eventually comes into money and you being a good parent. And so thanks for sharing that story. Oh, no problem. <laughs> Not often uh, I hear too many stories anyway. <laughs> uh, Mike, what, what, what motivates you? What keeps you inspired and uh, moving forward? Yeah, so a huge motivator for me is my kids. So as I said, like they're young. This is their, kind of their, their formative years. and what we do as parents sets the foundation for them for their teenage years, for the early adult years and all those things. So those eyes are always watching us. So I'm really big into leading by example and not just with my kids, but with other people. So a lot of people have helped me along the way. And now I'm in a, a good position. I feel good. I feel happy. I have a lot of energy. And it makes me feel good to share and give back and help to motivate and inspire other people to just live a better life. You know, fulfillment, it was uh, Tony Robbins. He said, success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. So in my previous job, I wasn't fulfilled. So I put a plan in place, which included a big part of it was real estate investing to help me get out of my job. So it gives me great fulfillment now to do what I do. So I try to do more things during the day that fill my energy tank than drain my energy tank. So another simple exercise people can do is find some quiet space free from distractions and just start contemplating questions. What gives me energy? What takes energy away? So it could be work. It could be people. It could be going to the gym. So I know for me at my work, like I didn't hate my job. I just, at the end of the day, it was just eating at me more and more. And I just felt like I should be doing something else. Also the people there, not the most positive. And that stuff eventually 
it's a drain on on you. I mean, you can put the the earmuffs on as long as you want and try not to let that sink in, but eventually, you know, you're there the majority of your wait time. So that was another huge realization for me. You got to love what you're doing because you're there the majority of your awake time. And when you're not there, you're either commuting there or you're commuting home. And if you hate it, you're coming home grumpy to the people that you love. Um, and you're counting down the days to the weekend, you're counting down your days to retirement, all that stuff. So the long answer to your question, what gives me inspiration and drive is my kids and helping and inspiring others. It brings me great fulfillment to see someone else taking action and starting down a different path in their life. So that's really inspiring. I think that everyone needs to take the time to find out what it is that's going to help motivate them to do the same type of thing, even if they're maybe not getting out of their job, um, just something that can keep them motivated and, and happy when they get home. I think yeah. that, like if you're not happy when you get home, it is going to infect not only like not only your life, but everyone around you is going to be affected by that energy that you're putting out when you get home. Exactly. And then if you have kids, then they see that, then they associate that as normal. Dad goes to work, he makes money, he's not happy, he comes home grumpy, right? And if I continue that cycle my kids now think that it's okay to be unhappy in your thing, your line of work or whatever. So I'm really mindful of, of the associations that my, my kids are, could potentially put on things. Yeah. When you see it every day, it becomes normal. Right. Yeah. So it's tough for someone to see that sometimes. And things that helped me was being part of mastermind groups, coaches, mentors, because they can see it. So if you're in the shit all the time, it's normal and you're busy and there's just no other way out. You're like this all the time. You know, you go to work, you do this and it's just kind of tunnel vision. So a coach or a mentor or like a mastermind group, it kind of opens it up a bit. Now you share, you get it out and they can provide feedback and advice. It's like, Hey, have you considered this? And then it kind of plants the seed and then over months and years, you know, you're kind of watering that seed. Yeah. So that's kind of how my journey, my, it's kind of weaved into where I'm at right now. Well, that's great. I noticed you pointed to your head when you're planting the seed, but you got the same problem as me. I know, right? <laughs> Good though. It's uh, cheap haircuts. Uh, <laughs> Eat quicker in the morning too to get ready. Yeah. Kind of I'm always envied that. Time, right? Less stress, right, Rob? <laughs> no bad hair days. Yeah. Mine's actually looking pretty bad right now. It's kind of like a porcupine. <laughs> so aside from the mindset stuff, and I know you, you mentioned the masterminds and all that stuff, and that's great, but what has real estate allowed you to do with your life? Like, let's talk about on a physical enjoyment level. Like, are there things that you do that you wouldn't be able to do if you were still in that old way of life? Oh, yeah, totally. And I, I'm actually reminded of it pretty often. So as I said earlier, so I used to work for the government. So I worked there 13 years and I started investing early on when I started working there. And I just got to a point where I enjoyed doing the other stuff more than work. So I enjoyed uh, investing in real estate. I enjoyed like building businesses. So this is where those seeds that got planted 
years earlier, reading The Rich Dad, Poor Dad, reading The Four Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss, those seeds started to kind of come to the service and germinate and allow me to take action on some of those. Yeah. So long story short, I, I put a plan in place. I used real estate to help me quit my job, to help me supplement my income from work. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my time. And a lot of people don't. And my advice is take some time to think about it. So for me, I was in a position because of real estate where I could take unpaid leave of absences. So I asked my employer, I said, hey, can I take a a year off? They said, sure. So then I started experimenting with different lifestyles, uh, different things I enjoyed doing. So I ended up being a realist. I went with what I knew. I liked real estate and I liked helping people. So I became a real estate business coach. So I, I helped people buy investment properties. I helped realtors. I helped mortgage brokers just help build their business. Then I really enjoyed that. So I kept my safety net at the government. I asked for another year off. They said yes. So eventually my coaching transitioned from real estate business coach into an epic living coach. So I realized that life isn't just about money. And I really follow that life balance wheel. You know, there's the eight pieces of the pie. You know, money, profession, relationships, personal growth, health, all of those things. So I now have a more holistic way of living because if you focus just on one area for too long, like I was back then where I was redlining, it's not sustainable. So I took a step back, redirected some of my time from business to health, to relationships. And my days are a lot different now. So I I spend some, a lot of extra time on lifestyle spending time with people that I enjoy, uh, putting myself in environments that give me energy. So instead of going to work for eight hours a day, I spend a good amount of my day at my fitness club, not exercising all day, but a balance during the day. So I'll get to my club. Everyone's friendly, smiling. They greet you. It's just a really good space to be in. Like I can't help but smile and feel good. I'll work for a bit. Then I'll go do a fitness class and psychologically like that, that releases positive and happy chemicals and endorphins and um, various things that help you be more productive and happy throughout the day. Then I finish that up and I might work again. I might not. I might come home, walk my dog, pick my kids up at the bus stop. So that having real estate has allowed me the flexibility to explore what I want to do. And I realized that some of the listeners may be listening, well, my employer probably wouldn't give me a year off or I can't afford to have a year off. I didn't start with asking for a year off. It was a progression, right? Maybe, maybe I took half a day off and just went, uh, explored some trails, brought a journal book and contemplated some questions. Then it led up to a day. Maybe I'd take a week off and eventually I had enough real estate that allowed me to take a year off. So yes, financially, when I was off for a year, my finances came down. But years before that, my finances were were like this. So I had a good cushion in the account that allowed me to do that. But the biggest thing is just, you need some time to slow down and contemplate what you have on the go. People do need to realize it's a progression because there are lots of times where you know the headline of our show is you know, how to quit your job and yeah. real estate investor. People just 
think that they're going to listen to the show and then they're going to be able to go do it. <laughs> read a book or whatever it is that yeah. allow them to be able to do it. But I mean, yeah, Andy and I started this show by calling each other while we were in our other jobs and just yeah. talking to each other about real estate and talking about what we learned. Yeah. Whatever it was, we did that for months and months before we started the show. Yeah. Came about. And then things progress. You learn more, you do more, you you get into a community of people that think differently and and all these doors start to open up. So yes, oh, yeah. it's it's taking a step. It's not just, well, tomorrow I'm gonna quit my job. There's lots of times where I'm at um, a real estate function somewhere. And because um, I've done quite a bit of wholesaling in in the past, yeah, and come up and they'll ask me, or, or actually they'll just make a statement: "I'm going to become a wholesaler. I'm going to quit my job." And they haven't taken step one yet. So yeah, great. What's your plan? Well, I'm going to put out some signs, and then I see them again the next month, and they haven't done anything. Yeah, see them the next month because they've quit. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it is definitely a progression. So the thing is like, you got to plant the seeds and then you have to take action. So I say that the take action part is watering the seeds. And then the journey over the years is eventually, you know, those seeds start to grow. So if anyone hasn't watched the story of, of the bamboo tree, there's this really cool video on, on YouTube of how this, this tree doesn't come above the surface for a very long time, but you have to keep watering this thing. You have to keep tending to this over years and years. I don't know the exact amount, but let's just say it's like three years before the thing even comes to the surface. And then I think they said in nine months, this thing grows, I don't know, 80, hundred feet. I, I don't know, but just this insane amount in a short period of time, but people just need to have patience and put in the work and continue to do the watering even though they may not see the immediate results right now. You know, people want the, the 10 properties so they can quit their job. Cool. It starts with one and then two and then four, right? So just like you guys, it's a journey. You know, I first read Rich Dad, Poor Dad 15, 16 years ago. I planted the seeds. I started talking to other real estate investors. I'm watering the seeds. I take action. I buy a property watering the seeds. Now my confidence is starting to get greater because I'm in the game, right? Same with you guys, right? You've, uh, you used to just talk while you guys are at work. You guys launched a podcast. Now you have multiple episodes and it's awesome. It's cool to see. Yeah. It's exponential, right? It's the, that hockey yeah. stick uh, curve on the, on the graph, right? It's slow, slow, slow. And then it, it doesn't always catapult instantly, but it, it definitely picks up over time. Yeah. And with, with entrepreneurship. So the difference for me in my job versus entrepreneurship is when I was in my job, it was awesome at the beginning. Then it, it eventually kind of flatlined. And this is how I knew that it was, I was starting to see the warning signs. Then like my happiness and my energy levels started to plateau and come down. So, you know, a lot of work is flatline happiness and feeling when you're an entrepreneur, ups and downs, emotions, feelings, happiness, confidence. So I always just tell people, as long as your current highs and lows are higher than your previous highs and lows, you're in the right direction. So it's just, you're doing this, but as long as it's on the way up, similar like, like a stock market graph or a, a real estate graph over the last 10 years, that's what it's doing. So 
Follow the trend. I like it. So we're, let's talk about obstacles. Like what, what have been some of your biggest obstacles as an investor or otherwise just in life and how have you overcome them? Okay. So with real estate, so financing is a common obstacle for people. I was fortunate to get in at a very good time, like 13 or 14 years ago, where the banks were just handing money out. Literally our first two deals were cash back mortgages. So imagine a bank giving us 5% as the down payment and then giving us the loan. Then we did a couple of deals that were no money down. And we did a couple of deals that were 5% down. So that was kind of a cool time to get into this stuff. It's not that way now. So, you know, the pendulum shifted way the other way. So lenders are a little bit more strict in their rules. And I don't even know the latest. So is it 20 or 25% down investors need for houses? So my last investment I bought with a partner. So that's how I overcame uh, that obstacle because I only have so much capital to invest. And if I wanted to continue investing, I had to do it with a partner. So that was one obstacle. So another one is time. As I said earlier, you know, I had a lot on the go and we only have so much time in the day and everybody has that same amount of time. So if you want to continue to grow and expand, you need help. So one of my friends at work who got me into this, he just kept doing everything himself. And he was capped because he only had so much time, similar to where I was at. Like he had kids, he worked full time and he was building a real estate portfolio. But when he needed uh, work done, he would do it, the majority of it, because he thought he was saving money. Yes, you might be saving money, but when you look at it, you probably aren't because you're not really valuing your time and where it can best be used. You know, maybe your time is better used finding the next deal. So what I did was I, I just started outsourcing and just getting people to help me with things. So it started with getting people to help me with the, the renovations. Then it continued on with helping people, getting people to help me lease properties and property management. So that's uh, those were some of the obstacles that I, I came up with investing. Have there been any... I'm just curious. I'm sure there has been, but you know, depending on your strategy, I suppose there can be less uh, than some other people, but what kind of like you run into um, tenant obstacles or renovation obstacles or that kind of thing as well. So my specialty, and I spent the majority of my time investing in student rentals. So it's a little bit of a learning curve. And when I tell people, Oh, I invest in student rentals, they're like, Oh, aren't you afraid that they're going to trash the house? Well, anyone can trash your house. You just have to protect yourself as best you can. So when I first started, I had kind of like a basic lease. And then as time went on and, you know, sometimes issues would come up, I would just incorporate some of those things into my lease. So if one of these kids wants to do damage, which was rare, I had a parent sign as a co-signer. And, you know, kids don't want you going to their parents saying, you know, they kicked a door in or did some damage. So I have that in there. Another good thing with students is, you know, when they're leaving, you know, their, their term goes till the end of uh, April usually. And you're more likely to get paid, in my experience, with student rentals because 
either they're paying or OSAP is paying uh, or a parent is paying. So yeah, that's, I, I kind of learned as, as I went along with student rentals and, you know, I was part of real estate groups and we just share stories and based on each other's stories, we would uh, incorporate those things uh, into our leases. And when they move in, you know, I go over the lease with them and stress various things that I've had challenges with in the past which would help minimize problems in the future. Okay, good stuff. You know, it is, I think that people want all the answers. Like, so if they were going to look into student rentals, they want all the answers. They want to know what is every possible thing yeah. you can throw at me and how can I prepare myself for it before I even take the jump? And yeah. There's no way of setting yourself up to know all that stuff. Right. Everyone's stories are different. And, yeah. And for the most part, you're right. Yeah. Like students are going to relatively take care of the house the same way as anyone else does. It's not like they're give or take. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe some one time when they have a party up there and things go a little bit too far or something like that. And you end up with a little hole in the drywall or something. Yeah. And you know what? My house has been trashed more from like bad families than it has uh, from students. And the way I look at it is, so one day, one time, like early in my investing, one kid locked another kid out. So the other kid kicked the door in. So like most people, like they could get pissed off and maybe use that as an excuse to not invest in student rentals anymore. The way I looked at it as well, I just got a free door. You know, that, like that kid had to just, we now had to arrange to get a new door put in at his expense. So yeah, it's a little bit of a hassle, but I mean... He has to pay for it, and I have a free new door. Yeah, it's all in the way you look at it. Yeah, exactly. Mike, let's talk about Epic Living Academy. So you run that for people who want to reach the next level in life? Yeah. Tell us yeah. a little bit more about it. So uh, basically, I created this uh, resource out of need. You know, like it's a resource just to help people live more. And I've touched a little bit on some things on the call just about like, like lifestyle and just living a, a better life, living life on live life on your terms. You guys are familiar with that that line. But a lot of people they don't take the time to figure out what that means. And the majority of us are living other people's versions of success. So with Epic Living, we help people define what it is they want to do more of, and then help them put a plan of action in place to to actually do it. So similar to what I did, you know, I got to a point like it's basically helping people turn the light bulb on for them and then use the dimmer switch to just start brightening the bulb. And we do that by questions and contemplation and a lot of focus on balance. Because as I said, like, had I not woken up earlier on in my kids' youth, you know, I just wouldn't be as present with my kids, uh, the way I look at it is your kids are this age only once. There's going to be a point where you're not the coolest person to hang around anymore. So I want to enjoy that time as best I can with them while they're at this age. And, you know, eventually I'll be a cool dad again after. So Epic Living. So yeah, we're a community of people that inspire and support each other to reach the next level in all areas of life health, relationships, fulfilling work, fulfillment, fun. And that's another thing that we haven't touched a lot on is, uh, is fun. Most people, 
they just forget what it is to have fun. And it's because we've created so much busy in our life. So I challenge you guys, ask someone today, you know, what, what do you like to do for fun? And it's so surprising that people and myself included years ago, it's like, we don't consider it much anymore because we forget to have it. And now that I'm more present with my kids, I know (laughs) what it's like to have like fun, like child fun. It's just so cool. So yeah, it's kind of what we do with the Academy. So we have a Facebook community online. There's almost 1200 members right now. And we just share inspiring and motivational stuff to help support people and grow. And there's a website now. We have programs to help people just be live their most epic life. You know, it is interesting how much kids can actually help you take you back to that uh, <laughs> way that you used to get as a child. Yeah. Uh, I've been experiencing that a lot lately because it does sometimes take them to get you back into things. For example, I just started skiing again last year after I don't even remember the last time I was skiing. Yeah. I love it. And my son and I go all the time. Nice. Is something that I probably would have said, you know what? I don't have time for that. That's goofing off. Yeah. And there was a period where, so you stopped that. But you liked it, similar to me. Like soccer was my sport growing up. I loved it. Then life gets in the way. You get married, you have kids, you're too busy working, you're tired, you're stressed. There's no time for fun anymore. I joined a soccer league a couple years ago. I loved it. So it's, uh, yeah, just, just question some of the things that you used to do when you were younger and figure out little small ways to incorporate it back. Again, like you don't have to quit your job and spend the whole day at a gym, right? Just maybe you're, you're kicking the ball around with your kid uh, at a soccer field for half an hour. And who knows what it leads to, right? You know, you got back into skiing and now you do it regularly. So it's kind of cool when you can incorporate those things with your kids. And it's, it's very important for your kids to see you have fun too, because you don't want to squash fun in kids. You don't want to associate growing up with now you're dull and you don't like fun shit anymore, right? I want my kids to see that it's normal for them to have a fit parent that still likes to have fun. I love being able to volunteer at their school and just joke around with the kids, you know, going on school trips and all that stuff. So have more fun, people. (laughs) What is this best year ever program that you've got to Yeah. So this program is all about helping to create some momentum, some clarity, and start the year with lots of energy so you can do more of what you like to do. So uh, a big challenge people have is, is low energy and lack of focus. So a big part of the program, and it's short, it's, it's 12 days to start your year. So I, I share all of my tips and tricks to help people uh, maximize their energy levels. Because when you have your health and you have energy, you can do more and uh, get doing. And you can enjoy life that much more. But you also also need a plan. You know, like when I quit my job, it wasn't just, I hate my job, I'm quitting tomorrow. You need a plan, right? And Part of the program is to help people get clarity and question what it is that they actually want and help them keep some focus um, through support and accountability. 
Cool. And, that, and that's going to be coming out too, pretty much right around the little bit after this episode comes out. So that's perfect. Yeah. I'm starting to have people register now, um, but literally like it starts uh, in the new year. Like I just, I want to, to give people a, a nudge and just kind of give them an advantage uh, in the next year because each year should get better. You know, it doesn't have to get shitty just because you get older. The way I look at it is we know more now. So we have more experience. So why does it have to go downhill after an age? Like I just turned 42. Like I feel like I'm 22. You know, I can do so much more physically now than I could back then. And it's because of my lifestyle choices that I do more of what I enjoy doing. I've understood what helps to fill my energy tank which allows me to enjoy life more, be more productive, get more done, enjoy more quality time with my kids, that type of stuff. So yeah, that's what the program is. Nice. So where do you see this business of yours going in the future? What exciting things do you have planned out? Yeah. So a really big thing with I'm super excited about is uh, organizing retreats. So some locally, you know, maybe Niagara Falls, maybe uh, Oakville, Toronto, just finding cool things to do locally, getting people together, uh, but also globally as well. So one of my passions is travel. And I try my best to combine, I talked about the life balance wheel a couple of times. I try to combine as many areas of the life balance wheel into experiences. So I love travel and adventure. So that's one of the pieces of the pie, but I also like fun, adventure. I like hanging around positive and cool people that inspire me and I can inspire them. Uh, I'm very passionate about personal growth and contribution. So one of the huge things that I'm super excited about is, is organizing retreats in, in other countries, bringing a group of people down to Peru and hiking Machu Picchu or building schools. So we, we've built a, one school in Ecuador so far, and we're building one in Kenya now. And I've committed to building at least one school a year in developing countries. So I want to bring a group of people, whether they're the people who donated or not, come down with me. Group of 10, group of 12. Now we're visiting the community in Ecuador. We're visiting the school that we help build. We get to play and have fun with the kids. We, we learn their culture. We eat their food. We go hike in the rainforest with shamans. And so that's, I'm pumped. I'm getting shivers talking about that because Again, I planted seeds for this years ago. I knew that I was passionate about education and I knew that I wanted to build schools. No idea how to do it back then, but the seed was planted and it's out there. And then the pieces started getting put together. So schools, organizing retreats, and eventually create something called the Epic Living Fund. So part of the proceeds from the programs and my coaching and all the things that I have on the Epic Living Academy will go into a fund. And this fund will be used to help people live better. So years ago, I was in, in Ecuador, and that's where I got inspiration for this. Um, I was up at six. I'm just out for like a morning walk watching the sunrise. And in the park, there was this pavilion. And there was someone up on stage. So it was a Zumba instructor. There was probably like 80 people in this on this pavilion. And they're all doing Zumba at like six in the morning. So... I got involved the first time I ever did Zumba and it was pretty obvious how, <laughs> because of how I was doing it. But I got to talk with the one person. They're like, uh, yeah, the, the country pays for this. The government. I'm like, yeah, like how cool is that? Like that's a simple thing. That Zumba instructor probably got paid 
It's not much. So that's one of my big missions to fund things like that, because chances are the government won't. So you either try to change the government or you just build your own shit. So I'm going to build a fund. I'm going to pay Zumba instructors. I'm going to pay yoga instructors to just do shit in parks. Like I'm very passionate about health and I hate wasting money. And there's a lot of money being wasted on medical bullshit, <laughs> prescription drugs, all that stuff that can be prevented from uh, just hanging around positive people, eating a little better and moving. It doesn't have to be complicated and limit stress. So that's a huge thing for me is create a fund. I want to host races like extreme races, whatever, just fun stuff that will put into the fund, then use that fund and maybe give a mother some money so she can uh, allow her kid to do ice skating or swimming or whatever it is. So that's my big vision and the seed's been planted and me sharing with you, I'm watering it. So thanks for that. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. exciting. That's cool. Yeah. So that's how you know you're, you're on your passion. So when I can just kind of rhyme off stuff like that and it, it just feels different. So even like when I watch the replay of this, like that's when you know you're on the right path and you should continue down that way when you can speak so passionately about something like that. Those are extremely inspiring goals. It's not like you're, and there's nothing wrong with this, but it's not like you say, well, my business, I want to have, you know, this many people sign up to, you know, my coaching course or whatever. Yeah. Uh, those are, those are really interesting and different goals. And this school, tell us more about that. Yeah. So like conveniently, so, so this is a uh, me to we, so there's an organization that used to be called uh, free the children. So Mark and Craig Kilberger, the founders many, many years ago, super inspiring story. Look it up. It's unbelievable. The, the change that this company has been able to do. So now they're called we.org. So uh, I mentioned years ago, I just knew that I wanted to build a school because I personally believe that our world is that much better when we all have a quality education. And I just don't think it's fair that some have it and some don't. So I just want to try to work towards shifting that. So again, back in the day, no idea how I was going to do it. And then the pieces started to kind of put, get put in place. And I started to see it more now that I've created the space you know, th those opportunities were always there, but it was just so busy, just so much noise going in and I couldn't take any new stuff in. So eventually I got introduced to we.org. And the one thing that convinced me that this was a lot easier than I thought. So one school cost $10,000 to build. Okay. Canadian. So still that seems like a big number. So like, how do I do that? So then a little bit of math helped me see how easy this was. So get this, 33 friends raising or donating $3.33 a day for three months. You've just built a school. Really? $3.33 a day for three months. And now you just help educate a thousand students over the next 25 years. And it doesn't end there. Those thousand students Imagine what they can become and imagine what they can now teach. So you talk about exponential change. It starts there. One school, thousand kids. Now their kids have a different future. Their grandkids have a different future. So that's my big commitment is to 
and I know like with my community and the various people that uh, I am now getting connected with, one school a year will be easy. And I want to visit, I want to take my kids and a group of people down to these countries and these communities to just be part and just continue to give. That's what fills my energy tank. What I find is amazing is that it only costs $10,000 to build a school. That seems like an incredibly undaunting task, really. Like that, yeah. is, that is quite achievable. Let's yeah, and, and what's cool is that their community is involved in the build. So they obviously have, they're motivated to get this thing built. So they want to be part of it as well. So what I like about WE and why I decided to go with WE.org is because they have a five pillar approach. So they don't just plop a school down and there it's done. It needs other pillars to be able to, to function. Similar to like your life balance, like you can't sit on a chair that has three legs. So it has five pillars. So it has education, health, medical, water, and alternate income. So I'm passionate about education. So I picked that pillar. Other people fundraise for wells. Other people fundraise for medical supplies and so on and so on. Yeah. So listeners, we.org, unbelievable organization. Fantastic. Thank you, Mike. Thanks. For yeah. That. And if you're cool, you know, I can, I can share the details about the, the uh, past build and the, the one coming up for Kenya, how people can get involved and even have their own fundraising page. So that like, we'll, we'll just put a link in the show notes. So anyone interested in that, will be able to go there and see what exactly what Mike's talking about. Beauty. So, and you, and you mentioned earlier about, you know, you didn't really hear me talk about like, I want 10 coaching clients or this or that. So that's been a big shift for me because I used to focus on money and numbers and all that stuff. Now I focus more on, on impact and making a difference and knowing that, you know, I'm going to have coaching clients. I'm going to have people that buy programs. And then I just use portions of that and contribute it to the causes that I support. Mm-hmm. So it's been a big shift for me over the years. Big, big mindset shift. I like it because ultimately it's not a, where's my wealth going to be goal? It's what am I going to do with that wealth that I've built? So it's like an extra step further. It's a big step because when we first start in this, we're taught to make more money because it's going to bring us more happiness. More often than not, when you have your 50 properties, you get it and you're like, huh, now what? Right? So the sooner you realize it's not just about the money and it's about the impact that you leave on this world and how you can leave this world a better place. I'm not saying ignore money because you need it to live and you need it to build school and everything. Right. But just remind yourself of why you're getting into things. You know, are, are you building this business just for money or what are you doing? So I mentioned earlier, four hour work week, read that book too. complete game changer for me really just helps you uh, build your lifestyle, why it is that you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. I don't think anybody is motivated enough to do things like you're doing just because like to do anything based on money, it's not a big enough motivator, right? There needs to be something behind it. I don't think anybody's very, very few at least are super wealthy financially because they just like money. Like there's something behind it driving it, right? You need to have big uh, goals and visions like you have. Otherwise, 
well, what's the point anyways? Otherwise, there's no point in having money and just having it sit there and yeah, well, like a big number. You don't want to be the richest person in the graveyard. Like you all die at some point. Like you're not going to be buried with your riches. So give back. So uh, how can people get, uh, obviously a lot of people I think are going to be intrigued by this, want to connect further with you. And so first of all, who should be the type of person that should get in touch with you and, and how can they do that? Yeah. So the people that uh, usually reach out to me are people that are not big fans of their job, people that are stressed, people that have low energy, people that are lost. So pretty much the majority of people. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who wants a little more direction, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And people that have a feeling that there's a little something more, you know, maybe you're at your work and you're, you're just starting to question things, but you don't really know what to do next. You just know that you're not meant to be doing this anymore. And you're starting to consider the fact that maybe there's something else that you can do. Those are the majority of the people that reach out to me. Yeah. So the website is uh, www.epiclivingacademy.com. Uh, you can put that in the show notes and uh, my email is simple, mike at epiclivingacademy.com. Perfect, Mike. Well, thanks for sharing everything that you've shared with us today. I think that there was a lot of takeaways in it, uh, a lot of pensive discussion for people to consider, I guess, and not just, see, there's something behind there, there's one thing to go through this practical application of how to invest in real estate. And then there's yeah. behind that, which is how to get your mind right and how to, you know, look at things with a, a calm, rational state of mind. And you yeah. know, there are all these things that you've been talking about today in order to do that successfully. Yeah. So this interview, like it, it may be a little different than some of them. Like I didn't tell you how to, step-by-step how to buy a student rental or or find a joint venture partner. This was more about your why, you know, just tapping into let's use real estate to live the life that you want. Leverage all of your hard work that you've put in over the years and actually enjoy it. Don't wait till you're retired and you're 60 and then you're going to start cruising. Do shit along the way, you know, celebrate your journey. A lot of people forget to do that. A lot of people do forget to do that. So there's your reminder. Andy, <laughs> how do people get in touch with you? Yeah, uh, 289-389-6846 or info at mckayrealtynetwork.com. And if anyone would like to reach out to me, it is rob at mrbreakthrough.ca. Simple as that. So thanks, nice. Mike. Really appreciate it. Everybody remember Mike's words of wisdom for uh, when you're looking at anything in your life. You gotta start to postpone, eliminate, or delegate. Believe it. Awesome guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for the invite. Thanks, Mike. That was awesome. Yeah, have a good one, guys. See ya.